Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the emergency edition of the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop. And today we learned that Major League Baseball is... Coming back, hopefully, hopefully it's not a jinx for 2020, 60-game season about to uh, get underway here. So I brought on some people here to talk about the implications of that. And first we have Doug Gray from RedsMinorLeagues.com and RedLegNation.com. Doug, how are you? I'm, I'm all right. I, I'm pretty torn on the uh, announcement that we're getting Major League Baseball back, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll get into that. There's There's some excitement there but there's also some hesitation but uh yeah 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 we also have branch on branch how are you i'm i'm really 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 excited right now uh excuse my dog uh, get out of here sorry <laughs> there was a plastic bottle of dog running around so just excuse that but i'm really 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 excited uh about it and it's, it's kind of like there's been so much bad news with baseball. Any good news is great. It's like over the top for me. So it's just because this 88 days or 89 days or whatever it was, has, I'll be honest with you, it's beating the hell out of me. Just just the back and forth between the Players Association and everything else. is just like, oh, my God, this, this sucks. So I'm just going to take this news. It makes me feel good inside. It gives me a warm and fuzzy and just enjoy it for a few minutes. I know there's a lot of issues still to – to deal with but i'm just going to enjoy this no i i understand i think everybody is excited about the return of baseball it's just like you said there are many other issues that need to be ironed out not the least of which is COVID 19 the coronavirus just today charlie blackman and i forget who the other player was of the rockies two other players yeah tested positive there's been players in a lot of spring training sites that have test, tested positive, who've been just working out the spring training facilities. So I'm interested, interested to see major league baseball's plan to see if the players are going to live in a bubble, like what the NBA has planned or um, how they expect to keep the players distant from the general population. So Doug, um, give me your thoughts on how would baseball keep these players safe and not just the players, but the employees of the organizations. And I'm just assuming there's not going to be fans. I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, it, it just, this thing is very contagious. Um, even though, uh, many people are not showing outward signs and symptoms that they're sick. I mean, you can still have it. And I mean, you can get, I mean, there've been people that have been what seemed like perfectly healthy that have it. And then they got CT scans and it looks like they've got pneumonia in their lungs, but they don't feel it. Um, and so it, it, it's a weird 
virus slash disease that develops from the virus. Um, I, I mean, we're seeing guys left and right in all kinds of sports test positive. I mean, heck, we had people in tennis. Tennis. Do you know how far away you got to be from the other person in tennis? Wasn't that and no judge? They're, they're, it's spreading. Yeah, well, his his tournament over in Croatia had multiple tennis players test positive. I shouldn't be laughing about that. Um, but I mean, it's just it's it's gonna it's gonna happen. There there. I mean, we've already seen you know multiple people in multiple camps test positive. Um, you know, spring training sites have been opened up for what like two two and a half weeks, and we've already had multiple outbreaks among teams that aren't even full of players. They're not even allowed to have coaches coach them right now. So the interaction is very small compared to what it's going to be in uh, you know, what, eight days when they show up on July 1st. Um, I, you know, and Right now, Major League Baseball doesn't really have a, a plan that we know of as to what they're going to do when somebody tests positive. It's basically just, uh, yeah, well, we, we hope that you don't test positive. There's not like a plan like in the NBA where, hey, you're going to self-quarantine for this many days until you don't test positive. Baseball doesn't have that plan. I'm not really sure if that's something that they came up with today that we just haven't heard about, uh, because that was one of the last things that they needed to agree on today was some sort of health and safety protocol uh, that they did agree to. So you know, everything's good to go for, or from the player's standpoint, I guess. Um I just, I, I don't know what their plan is, and I don't think that we're going to, I mean, we're obviously not going to get through this without players testing positive. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's going to happen. So. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, I did see, actually, I think it was you that told me this, that uh, baseball has said that if, if there's a, a surge or a spike in a given city, that they will move the team to a neutral location. And yeah, I mean, they, that's that's something that we just heard about. I don't know, fifteen minutes ago, I guess. Right, so. and i I think it was, I think it was Bob Nightingale said Nashville might be one of the cities they would consider as a neutral site. I I don't know. I, <laughs> it's all up here right now. Uh, Branch, who knows? <laughs> Branch, how how all right? How is this going to work? I'm going to take a different. Okay, it, the here's how it's going to work. They've got to beg these players to not go out, party, and hook up. What happened in Florida is you got a bunch of young guys in their 20s and stuff working out, living a baseball player lifestyle. Florida basically opened up all the clubs, and all these athletes ended up getting it. Dude, everybody's been cooped up in their house playing video games and stuff for weeks. You can tell by Twitter's been horned up like all the ridiculously. And they just, they really. Really, if if the players don't live the normal lifestyle, I think they can handle it amongst, you know, being around each other and stuff. But the problem is, is there's going to be one that gets a booty call at 3 a.m. and there ain't nothing you can do about, you know. And that booty call is liable to have been out at bars and restaurants and partying and dancing and everything else. And I think that's what that's what will bring it down. And if they do have a good plan in place for contact tracing it's going to show that well you know what there's a lot of loving going on you know um but but i do think that in the stadiums themselves and amongst your a lot of players it's going to be not as big a deal as far as being around each other because baseball is not a right on top of your sport and even like with the tennis thing 
And you can't tell me they weren't partying during this thing. Yeah. You know? The only the only the only thing that I'll say about that is the clubhouse is what worries me more than the field with all the players yeah. in close proximity. I don't know how they would enforce social distancing. I think that's probably going to be up to each club and to Major League Baseball to come up with regulations. Of <laughs> well, as, as far as I know, and maybe this changed, although I don't know why it would have, but uh, in all of the previous plans, a part of the, the health and safety thing is that players had to wear masks um, in the dugout and in the clubhouse. Now, we can sit around and argue how effective those are if they aren't the N95 masks, but... Uh, it, it seems to be the belief that it does help if everyone is wearing them. Uh, and so I, I think that the, the social distancing is going to be enforced, but everybody also is required to wear a mask. So in theory, it should help cut down on transmissions within the clubhouse. At least I wonder a if they're going to wear the rings like NBA is going to. Oh, those biometric rings? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that might be the That's- only way some of these players get a ring. Who? Oh. <laughs> not this club coop not, not this no club. no notice i didn't say the reds yeah but so there's there's i've seen some of the the rules that have come out this is courtesy of the new york post so the designated hitter is going to be universal in 2021 in 2020 sorry thank the lord um Hopefully we can get that for the, you know, for the rest of the time. But anyway, so there's going to be a DH in the National League. It's going to be a geographic schedule where the Reds will play the NL Central teams, I believe, for 40 games and then 20 games against the AL Central teams. And then the NL East will play the AL East and the the West will play the West for those extra 20 games and then 40 games interdivision. They're going to use the minor league rule of starting a runner at second base in extra innings, which I loathe. The three batter minimum is going to be in effect, and there's going to be a trade deadline of August 31st. So with these rules, I think I just I said that I loathe the start the runner on second. Doug, give me your thoughts on the rules. I mean, I don't have a problem with hardly any of them. I mean, I... As a guy who's covered minor league baseball forever, I'm used to the runner on second rule. It doesn't bother me. Um, I love the idea of having a designated hitter in both leagues. Um, my general consensus on that has always been because it makes free agency uh, better. And I, I, it does. I think it makes it more fair. And that obviously doesn't come into play this year since we're kind of just winging this one. Um, but specifically for the Reds, it really helps them out because they've got 974 outfielders and only three spots to play them. So this opens up at bats for somebody on any given day, whether that's going to be Nick Senzel, Jesse Winker, uh, Shogo Akiyama, Nick Castellanos, uh, um, Joey Votto even, um, just because they could slide somebody over to first first base mm-hmm. and you know have Joey just hit that day. Uh, I think that it really does help the Reds as far as you know the National League teams go more than just about anybody else, because they've got some real hitters out there that you know they would have been trying to, you know, mix and match and find the most perfect situation for where now they can really, you know, take full advantage of that rather than having, I don't know, any pitcher not named Michael Lorenzen go up there and hit. And I mean, even him, you know, for his career, he's not really a good hitter. I mean, he's, he's had, you know, two seasons that were okay and some really bad ones in there too. 
So well, I mean, yeah, he's he's a pitcher. Yes, if he worked at it right. full time, he he's, would he's, probably. He's a good yeah. hitting pitcher. Yeah, if if he worked at it full yeah. time, he's not, he's, he's maybe. Not like a, He's not Mike Owens. Like no, Mike, he's not Mike Owens. Mike no. Owens was a good hitter. No, I like, got. There's you. a difference between a good hitting pitcher and being a good hitter. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's stepped up in some big moments, and that's what. Kind oh, of and that yeah, that, I mean, so. he hit that yeah. home run on Father's Day the one year, and he's hit yeah. he's hit several home runs, so he's got power. It's just a lot of guys have power anyway. Branch, I'm, go ahead. I'm excited. I'm excited for the DH. I'm so excited for the DH. I, I was a traditionalist forever, being like, no, nine guys are on the field, nine guys bat. But then when I started thinking about it, I started paying attention to pitcher, my, my mood or just my gut feeling when pitchers were batting. And I've had so many games ruined by having a guy on first and second with two outs and the pitcher's coming up. And honestly, you're just like, if anything happens, it's a miracle. Most of the time, you're just like, well, that's two guys left on base, you know, and it's like 90 percent of the time. That's what happens. It's just I I just can't get excited about the, an entire group of people. that. What's their normal batting average for a pitcher? Like less than 150, I think. Right. Sounds about right. Yeah. Something like that. It's just like, yeah, when it does happen, it's great. But that's because we've been we've trained ourselves over the years to block out the fact that it does happen almost all the time and i i i'm all for the dh the starting on second thing yeah it, it bothers me a little bit but like it's not a real good comparison we used to run this tournament when i was running a little league it was kind of a scrimmage, scrimmage tournament before this actual season started where we did this round robin thing where every team played each other twice and we would do things like you start on have a runner start on second base in any extra innings but we also started with like two outs or one out. What about ghost runners? What about yeah. ghost runners? <laughs> we didn't we didn't do we didn't do go we didn't do ghost runners, but it was just a way to do this scrimmage thing to kind of get younger kids in the mode of okay, we're going to play games. You know, usually did it early April before the season really started. And it, it was really there to help like the 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 ten year olds is what mm-hmm. it was really for. Yeah. Okay, here's how this is gonna work. And and we made a big weekend of it, big t- weekend tournament of it every year. And everybody kind of got to know everybody a little bit. And it, it, it wasn't bad, you know. So the runner on second thing, other than pit people that really, really care about, because it's not going to affect ERA, but it will, and I don't know how it's going to affect win-loss. But people that really care about win-loss are dumb anyway. So <laughs> I don't care. I Honestly, I think with the short season and the spring training part two, you're going to have pitchers that are going to throw four innings as a starter. I think that's going to be more common because, one, you're going to have more players on the roster. And with such a short, you know, get-up-and-go time after, you know, the start, the stop, and then this whole lull and, oh, now you got to report in six, seven days, I could see a lot of four-inning starts, and not because a pitcher gets bombed, but because they just haven't stretched out enough. I mean, what do you think about that, Doug? I mean, I think you're right. Um, one, because, I mean, there's just not enough time to really get to where you need to be. Uh, obviously, this is this is a little bit different than spring training because guys kind of already warmed up or were starting to warm up, and then they kind of had to slow back down, whereas, you know, in regular spring training, you're starting from scratch. Uh, and all these guys have probably been throwing on the side at least a little bit just to keep their arms loose. Uh, so it, it's not quite the same, but I don't think that anybody's going to go out there and be like, hey, it's opening day, guess what? 
we're expecting eight innings out of you. That's that's not realistic. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we don't see a rash of injuries, but my goodness, I'm not going to be surprised if it happens to both pitchers and position guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously pitchers' arms, but I, I think that we, we might see a lot of hamstring kind of injuries, uh, quad injuries from position guys. Heck, maybe even oblique injuries um, just from position guys kind of not being there yet. Um, that, no, that's okay. that's kind of what I'm concerned about. So, Branch, um, this is kind of a odd question. It doesn't really matter as much as some of these other things, but are there going to be postseason awards? Like, is there going to be an MVP or gold gloves given out this year? I mean, do they even I don't know? see how there couldn't be. I don't see how there couldn't be. I yeah, mean, I uh, mean, if, if it's a season, it's almost like you have to. If it's a season, you have to do it. I mean, I expect there to be a Cy Young, an MVP. You know, honestly, with 60 games, the batting title might be crazy. It might be something to pay attention to again. <laughs> you know? Well, you're, you're talking some of these starters are going to get, what, 10 starts? Yeah, yeah. And then somebody's going to have to vote on a Cy Young or, like you said, you you could be talking about an MVP vote with somebody with getting two hundred at bats. Yeah, I want I want to see a pitcher win the Cy Young who goes four and three. That's what I want to see, <laughs> yeah. and not be a reliever. Like starting pitcher goes four and three. I want to see it happen. But that starting pitcher might have a O nine eighty ERA. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. <laughs> you know, so I think I think the novelty will be fun of this season. I my big concern is the labor dispute coming after 2021 because of all the hand wringing and the public squabbling of these negotiations and then baseball just implementing the schedule. I I just fear that this has sowed the seeds of labor dispute coming at the next CBA. Tell me I'm wrong, Doug. I do you want me to lie to you? No. (laughs) Oh, then I can't tell you you're wrong. Branch. It's going to suck so bad. <laughs> enjoy this, and if we get a 2021 season, enjoy that. Hopefully, there'll be a vaccine by then, <laughs> you know, and we'll get an actual 2020 or, or 2021 season. But when that thing just ex- expires in December of 2021, we are, oh boy, I I do not expect baseball in 2022. I feel like they've not, already started. I mean, honestly. I feel, yeah, like, I feel like they've already started the opening salvo and they're already digging their trenches, both sides. This it, and, and let me tell you, this is the trade deadline is going to be crazy this year because you're going to have some, some teams that might even be in it. But if they're in a financial position that they're worried about, you know, possibly not being able to stay on top of things, any contract they have that's big, they're going to try to dump. And I mean, if you're talking about a rental August 31st for a 60 game season, you don't go get no more rental than that. Doug's going to be like scrambling, like who is the guy they just traded for for Francisco Lindor? Who is this guy? Oh, he started at a high school in Georgia last year. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but when you think about it, an August 31st, an August 31st trade deadline means you're trading for somebody for potentially less than 30 games. Yes. Yes, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. As it, as you said, the novelty of it's going to be, yeah, you know, everything with this season. There doesn't need to be an asterisk. It just needs to be known as it's the twenty twenty season, and nothing counts. You know, absolutely nothing counts. So Doug, I'm going to disagree. Yeah, I was, I was oh, getting okay. ready to what, jump what to you. What do you say there. counts? There, there might all, be some. All, all of those stats count because when Mike Trout gets his 
his 100% vote for the Hall of Fame one year. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. All the home runs he hits this year count. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your counting stats and stuff, they're definitely going to count. But, but like, you know, but if, somebody's, if my, liable hit, I, somebody's liable to hit 400. That does not diminish Ted Williams. If the World Series trophy, it counts. Yeah. Yeah, oh, if, if the Reds get the World <laughs> Series trophy, it counts. If, it, if it's St. Louis, they suck. Well, that's, that's all. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about the Reds then. They're going to have 40 games against the NL Central with those teams that some of them are down compared to last year. Like the Brewers obviously lost a lot, and uh, the Cardinals lost a little bit, and uh, the Cubs are still the Cubs. But playing the AL Central, you're talking about the Indians and the and the White Sox, probably the favorites there along with the Twins, but you're going to have games against the Tigers who are going to be terrible and the Pirates who are going to be terrible. So I'm kind of optimistic that the Reds can make the playoffs here. Doug, what is your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think so. Um, you know, I think the one thing that kind of works against them a little bit is they have to play the Indians more than they got to play anybody else in the AL Central, and the Indians are pretty good. And, I mean, you know, the Cardinals get to play the Royals instead. So... Yeah. In a 60-game season, where literally every game can... I mean, it means a little bit more than it means in a 162-game season, and we still see races come down to the last day all the time. I mean, if you could flip out and be like, hey, well, we get to play the Royals eight times and the Indians four times instead of the other way around, I mean, that that's a difference maker, right? Oh, absolutely. So that, that kind of sucks from the Reds' perspective. Um, but I, I think that the Reds might be the best team in the NL Central right now anyways, especially when we account for the DH being a thing now. So, Yeah, I, I mean, I'm yeah. to me, Nick Castellanos is your most of the time DH because he's the worst with the glove in the outfield. And I mean, it's yeah. him or Jesse Winker, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Bell's got so many weapons with that outfield to move that DH around. It's, it's just crazy, you know. He's he's got to bang his head against the wall just trying to figure out to make sure it's the best way all the time. It, it's yeah. So yeah, Branch. Um, back to the schedule. Um, we don't know how. I guess we don't know how many games eat, they're going to play because sixty is not. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's there's going to be some two game series instead of all three game series because the the sixty games just doesn't line up with the number of teams they're going to play. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? I, like I, you're liable to end up seeing a five game series in time or two, depending on how they work this out. And you know, it, 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 we'll probably get a schedule by what Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I think they said the end of the week. Yeah, the end of the week. Yeah, um, but as far as that's what the Reds have going going up against, they still have the best rotation, I think, out of all the NL and AL centrals. Yes, it, at first it's going to suck a little bit because nobody's going to be stretched out. Four innings is probably going to be max. That first, you know, and it, it'll almost look like just an extension of our normal spring training, where they're trying to get the six innings. You know, and we're not going to mm-hmm. see that until we're two weeks into the season. And you could possibly lose the entire, be so far out of the division in two weeks that you can't recover because there's just not enough time. All the so Nationals that could, that, that could suck. I think the Nationals last year were what seventeen and thirty-one, yeah, 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 something they, like they that. Would, they, would, they would have not made the playoffs last year. Yeah, but I think I think somebody else, uh, I, maybe maybe Doug can help me out here. But 
there was another article that came uh, was it Eno Saris, I think. He he came out with it today or maybe uh, or maybe yesterday. And it was um uh, that there was only gonna be there would only been like looking back at last year, it would have been the Nationals and another one. And going back five seasons, most of the teams that made the playoffs still would have been in the playoffs. I think it was Eno Saris that did that. It was, it was somebody. And, it, it, uh, it, it was somebody. I I, yeah, it was I saw, somebody. I saw it but too, but I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who it was. I want to we're, say it was Eno, but I could be wrong. We're, <laughs> we're the worst. Yeah, we're terrible. But when you read 15 MLB articles a day, <laughs> you know. But I'm, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to not necessarily playing the Indians as much as we do because the Indians are not they, – they're pretty good. And I'm not looking forward to Minnesota coming down and playing in Great American Ballpark. Those guys are going to be like – Twins can mash. <laughs> tw- twins can mash. So Those I, guys could go off for 10 runs in an inning easy. I've got some <laughs> – And, uh, oh, and, go and I'm looking so forward to seeing the White Sox young kids. So forward to that. They've, they've got a great farm system. They've got some really good players coming up. And, and you know, most of the time I don't pay that much attention to the AL until we get late in the season or playoffs. But just being able to see some of those White Sox players they got, that's going to be fun, you know. So we got some more uh, information from Bob Nightingale on Twitter. Players are prohibited from arriving more than five hours before the game, and they have to leave within 90 minutes after the game ending. Reporters have to leave the ballpark within an hour of the game of the post-game interviews ending. Uh, the injured list will be ten days, and they will start with thirty players until the fifteenth day of the season, twenty-eight players until the twenty-eighth day, and then twenty-six for the rest, and no expanded rosters in September because okay, I mean, there's I no minor league season anyway. So say something here as a germaphobe. When we, we you mentioned reporters, can I say something? As somebody that's been a germaphobe my entire life, like this whole social distancing thing and not touching thing. This yeah, is my this is my manna from heaven. I love it. Can reporters not shove a microphone in somebody's face? They've got to figure out how to record better. Our mics are so good now. You can do it from like five feet away. I wonder if reporters will even allowed in the clubhouse. I wonder if they'll yeah, have to have like, like a like a press yeah, conference type of situation. Happen. Yeah. Like, like, like it almost needs to be like a prison interview, right? Well, Doug, like you, you got, can a gla- got a plexiglass thing between the two of them. <laughs> Doug, you could speak to that, not about the prison thing, but about the interviews in the clubhouses. Um, because, I mean, you've been in clubhouses and done interviews. How, how? I mean, I, I, I just don't see how that could, that could work in this situation. Yeah, I, I think that it's probably going to be a situation kind of like you see at like the NCAA basketball tournament where they'll bring out, you know, two or three or four guys. They'll sit at a big, big long conference table and, you know, they'll, the media is going to just kind of get to do their little press conference question and answer thing kind of right there. And, you know, it's like, hey, you've got 10 minutes. If you can't get your stuff done in 10 minutes, well, that sucks. Uh, I just I can't see a situation where they let, you know, even five. And there's usually almost always more than five guys there to report on things um, into a locker room. So I, I think that it's going to be a situation where it's just kind of like a, a press conference where um, I, I don't know if it'll be, you know, Rob Butcher that gets to decide who's going to be able to come out and do the, the press conference along with, you know, David Bell and, you know, maybe the pitching coach or hitting coach, kind of depending on how things went that night um, or not. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I will be shocked if reporters get to go into the locker room, which they've been able to do for, I don't know, 100 years or so. Well, and things, I, are, things are just okay, different I'm now. Cool. I'm so cool with that. 
I'm so cool with that because I do not like – I would like to hear what a. Eugenio Suarez has to say and not have a microphone shoved in his face by Jim Day as soon as the game is over and they're trying to douse him with, like, Gatorade or whatever. And all you hear is a bunch of yuck, yuck, yuck about the Gatorade, and you don't ever actually get to hear what the ball player had to say. Well, so I'm I'm cool with that. That's a good thing. The the part that I would think would be for the good is, and this happens more in football, obviously, than baseball. But people, reporters go in the locker room right after the game. And these players are stripping down to go jump in the shower, and you know, do they really need to be sitting there talking to somebody with those hog hanging out? No. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, they do not. So let's talk about the roster some more. Yeah, we had to get a little hog talk in there. But uh, 30 to start the season. And then I think, Doug, you were saying beforehand that there's something where they're trying to have, like, all the unsigned players gather to, like, work out together or something. I mean, how is that going to work? I have no idea. Um, the the theory that was kind of put out there, or I guess the idea, and uh, this is nothing official unless it's changed in the last ten minutes. Um, I mean, I've got Tweet Deck open right now, so I imagine I'd I'd have seen it if it did pop up as something official. But um, that unsigned free agents would kind of gather in Nashville, Tennessee, and basically play against each other, practice against each other, just in case there are injuries or a need for players to show up um, and be ready to go for teams that have injuries or outbreaks or whatever. But I'm also sitting here thinking, okay, so we're going to have 60 man rosters, you know, between the major league roster and the practice squad, taxi squad, whatever you want to call it roster. There's 30 teams. That's 1800 players. If you're not one of those best 1800 players, you're really going to go play in Nashville, Tennessee for $400 a week. Like I just don't understand who these players are that are going to like, if you're not already in the minor leagues and you're not on the 60 man roll. Like who are you? Who are these people? Because I'll tell you right now, like Yasiel Puig, Scooter Jeanette, those guys aren't going to go play in Nashville, Tennessee for, for $400 a week. Nope. So who, who are these people? I mean, it has to be free agents. That's the only thing I can well, think yeah, of. But, but which free agents, right? If you no. are not, if you were not good enough to be one of the best 1800 players on the planet right now, who are you? Like who? Who? Who is the person that fits this scenario? I just I, I don't know who the player would be that falls into this category. It's so weird and it makes no sense. Yeah, it just does. I mean, as I said when we started, I'm like, what is that going to be like? Thunderdome, like <laughs> two hundred guys down there battling it out. He well, who lives gets to play one day. <laughs> and that's that's the other thing is. I'd, I'd assume that during the abbreviated second go-round of spring training that free agents would be able to sign with major league teams. So right, that, now, here, here, here's a theory that I did, I did here, Coop. So maybe, okay. maybe this is where it's coming from. Um, you know, guys that were in spring training but not on the 40-man roster, say Derek Dietrich, for example, Nate Jones, for example, they've got opt-out clauses. They were kind of put on hold because everything kind of came to a stop out of nowhere. Um those guys, in theory, could decide to opt out and test the waters if, for some reason, they don't think they're going to make the 60-man roster or if they don't think they're going to make the active roster um, for, say, the Reds. And they think that, hey, maybe there's a chance for me to catch on with, you know, the Royals or whoever. I, I guess, in theory, 
that if they decide to opt out and test the free agent waters and they don't get picked up by someone else, that they could be like, okay, well, maybe I'll go play in Nashville for a couple weeks and see what happens. Maybe maybe that's the kind of guy that's going to fit in that situation. But I, I just sit here and I think, uh, even a guy like Derek Dietrich, like somebody's not going to pick up that guy and put him on the 60-man roster. Like that's that's just I don't know that that's that's a bit much for me. Well, and like you're saying, the the major league roster is going to be 30 to begin the season. So guys who would normally be on the borderline are probably going to make a lot of these teams. Yeah, I mean, is it? And you know, if if it's 30 men, even if it's only for what two weeks before they they start trimming it down, I mean, you don't know you're going to be that guy two weeks from now you can't have that mindset you know as a professional athlete you can't go into it like well maybe they're going to cut me in your mind you're thinking i'm going to do like i'm going to make this team and when i make this team i'm going to get my opportunity and i'm going to take full advantage of it like you can't have that thought that you're going to fail in two weeks like it does you can't be a successful athlete that way branch give me your thoughts correct me if i'm wrong here well i I actually have a question uh correct now they're still going to have you know, beside the 200 people in Nashville or whatever that was brought up, they're still going to have a, a basically backup squad ready to go beyond 30 man roster. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that 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 200 thing doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's there, there's going to be 60 players in total that are quote unquote on the roster. So think of it like an NFL football roster where it's got 53 players plus whatever practice squad guys, but only 45 guys active on game day or whatever it is now. Um, so, you know, there's going to be anywhere from, you know, 30 to 34 players um, that are on the, on the, the practice squad, so to speak. Sorry about the train in the background, but uh, yeah, there's a uh, high train. We know you're there. Choo choo. Uh, Sorry, but uh, Nick Lodolo, like, I, I don't want to change the subject to, to what the Reds roster is going to look like yet, but like he's going to be in that group, right? I mean, if he's not, somebody should be really right. yeah, called, I mean, called into an office and been like, hey, man, what's going on? Why is he not there? So I've got some What about more. our shortstop that tore up like, you know, spring training? Jose Garcia? Yeah. I mean, I could see him between I mean, 26 and 30. Like, I mean, if they were only going to have a 45-man roster and everybody that was already on the 40-man roster had to be there, yeah. I mean, then maybe you start questioning maybe a guy like Jose Garcia. But if you're going to have 60 players, he has to be there. Absolutely. I mean, especially, especially on the Reds roster where, realistically, it's it's Freddie Galvis at shortstop and then a whole bunch of, is that guy really a shortstop? Right. Like, <laughs> like if... if you know, I mean, they'll, they'll play. Yeah. You know, Kyle Farmer there once a week if they need to. They'll play Alex Blandino there once a week if they need to. If they need a guy to play shortstop every day who can hit the ball out of the infield, it's Freddie Galvis or Jose Garcia, and then a whole bunch of. Are you sure about this? So, got a little bit of breaking news here. Mark Feinsand sent out a tweet that there's going to be a COVID nineteen related injured list with no minimum or maximum length of placement. A player could be placed on the list based on a positive test, confirmed exposure, or if a player exhibits symptoms requiring self-isolation for further assessment. Okay, but yeah, that still that, doesn't... That's, that's, kind of, that's, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, there's yeah. not an actual plan. Right. Like, there, there are no actual guidelines for what happens if a player tests positive. It's just a, 
Well, I guess we're going to see what happens. Yeah, that's not the way to go. <laughs> that... I mean, if, if they're going to test everybody when they first show up to whatever host city they're going to, and if that person tests negative, and then later they test positive, you're not, like, getting a situation where it's like, oh, well, you know, this guy, he had it, you know, three weeks ago, and he still kind of got whatever, you know, is in his system, but he's not contained, whatever. Like, that's not that's not what's going to happen. I don't, it's all it's all weird. I don't understand what being Major League Baseball is doing as far as their their yeah, health and safety MLB protocol. And association have shown, yeah, MLB and the Players Association have shown they can work together so well to figure out these issues. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they they agree so much. Yeah, yeah. This, I don't want to think about that, but yeah, this can turn stupid fast. I mean, and. When you think about the spikes that are going on in Florida, sorry, I accidentally hit my mute button. The spikes that are going on in Florida and Arizona and Texas. Are you going to relocate all of those teams if there's a huge outbreak in those, let's say, Phoenix or Houston or Miami? And where are you going to put them? I mean, we've talked about Nashville, but. There's got to be there's got to be some kind of plan to where they're, well, they're here, going. Here, here's my theory on that. Um, I, it was last week that we kind of heard um, Major League Baseball told all the teams, "Hey, you're not going to get to have your taxi squad practice at the same place as your Major League team. So you need to find a site within a hundred miles of your host city to have those guys basically hold their own little camp or season or whatever the heck you're going to call it. Their practice season." Um, and I, I think that, I mean, for the most part, those are probably going to be minor league stadiums. Um, and, and that's probably going to be the first place they would look if they needed to move a team. Uh, now, in, in a few places, uh, it's probably too close to the host city, so maybe that won't be an option. But I, I think that that's probably what they're going to do, is they'll look at, you know, double-A and triple-A cities that are in non-outbreak cities and, and try and make a deal to to host them there because for the most part their fields are going to be better. The lighting's going to be close enough to major league quality. Uh, that, that might be something that'll, that'll be really interesting. And, you know, maybe people don't understand or know this, but the, the lighting it's, it doesn't have to be the same quality in, in the mm -hmm. minor leagues as it does in the major leagues. Um, and I mean, you know, it, it's 2020. So who knows things are, you kind of throw the book out the window a little bit. Um, but it'll be interesting to kind of see how that works out if they have to say the Marlins have to go play in uh, like Albuquerque, isn't it? Isn't that where their Triple A team is? <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're going to send the Miami Marlins all the way across the country to Albuquerque, but you know, maybe they <laughs> maybe if they, they send them to you know Mobile, Alabama, or Montgomery, Alabama, or something like that, um, you know, those those lights probably aren't going to be the same quality as you're getting at Great American Ballpark or you know uh, another major league quality stadium. But hey, maybe we can just well, maybe we just play all day games since fans can't come anyway. Right. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, why not, right? Branch, um, that's a good segue. How, great segue. Yeah, Woo! I know it was a great segue if I'd you know been able to get it out of my mouth. But Whoa. hey, uh, but um, are these all going to be night games? Are we going to have double headers? We're going to have day games, like Doug was saying, especially if they move to a uh, 
a minor league park due to COVID nineteen. I mean, wh- they're going to play the games whenever the television contract tells them to play the games. TV yeah, has the money. Yeah. TV's paying all the money, and they're going to win that battle. Whatever, whatever brings the most ratings in is what, when they're going to play. I mean, if that were the case, they would never play day games, right? And they do, they do play some day games. They do, but there's also always another night game in MLB somewhere. But I, I, I think the television contract is going to control more of that than anything else. And I also and think if, the if schedule. Think there's going to be a day game between uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox. You're crazy. Well, I, I think that we all know that at least me and Coop are crazy. So yes, yeah, those well, those will all be 8 p.m. prime time national. Well, uh, and I saw, I saw a really good tweet earlier. This is like Major League Baseball announces sixty games yeah. the, between the Red Sox and the Yankees, and I guess the other teams can play too if they, yeah. they want. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, the network, the network and advertising, can decide most of that. I think. I would think getaway days would still be in effect. So, even though they're going to have the regional schedule, I mean that's a big. That's still a big swath of the country that some of these teams are going to have to fly to. I mean. Houston will have to play Seattle. I could see that being a getaway from, say, where Houston plays a game at home and then they have to fly to Seattle or something. I mean, there's still going to be get getaway days. Here, here's here's something that would be interesting to me. Since you're only going to be playing, you know, in your division, and it's really short, why doesn't it just work out where, hey, Houston plays every single game in Seattle all at once? Like there's only one trip to Seattle. Yeah, that's only interesting. One trip, there's only one trip to Anaheim, and you just you just that play it out that sand. way, and that way you avoid you 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 limit your exposure contact wise to, you know those whatever you know ten days, uh, and then you you come back home rather than you know yeah. making a a ten day road trip to two different cities interacting with you know twice as many hotel employees or you know whoever. But but if you want to get into if you want to get into something that's craziest, with uh, you can't go to Toronto. Well, that, I was gonna, I was going to bring that up. Like, I, I actually just saw a tweet. You know, uh, or the Blue Jays may be forced to find a a venue in the United States. They have to because people can't yeah. come there to play. Well, well, if it's, they're essential, I think. This has been it's been probably a month since then. But when the NHL was talking about having some of their like hub cities in. In Canada, um, the government had said something to the extent of they may make an exception for professional sports. Um, but you know, Sportsnet just tweeted out, you know, that they they yeah. may need to find a place outside of Canada to play their home games. Which, you know, I see somebody speculating the Buffalo makes perfect sense because that's their AAA affiliate. It's still relatively close, um, and you know, many of the players, not all of them, but. Have, have, you know they're familiar with Buffalo because they came up through the organization. They've been there before, um, and you know with the Blue Jays being their their home affiliate, anyways, they probably get all the technology installed and the infrastructure there that they're already familiar with. So that that would make a lot of sense for them if they're forced to do that. Okay, so I think we'll go ahead here and wrap this edition up and. Uh, we'll go here to everyone and have them give their final thoughts. And Branch, give us your final thoughts. Okay. Uh, my big thought is there's going to be a couple players that are that, that are going to opt out for the Reds. Do not shame them. If they opt out not to play this season, 
for health concerns with their family, with themselves, don't shame them. That's It's just not going to be cool. You don't know their situation. You don't need to know their situation. If they opt out, they opt out. You know, if I, if I was Tucker or if I was Gina with a pregnant wife at home, I would opt out. Just, just saying. I, you know, because I, I, we, as we said earlier in the podcast, we don't know enough about this virus. We just don't know enough yet. And I, I, I wouldn't risk it. Anyway, other than that, I'm really excited for baseball to be back and have something to talk about that's happened because it feels like it's been forever since. You remember when we signed Nick Castellanos? You remember how great that was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, yeah. And anyway, shout out at Un- shout out to Unc Ram. Shout out to Ram. Shout out, shout out to Big Red Tweeter. And actually, shout out to, since I just been, mentioned Castellanos, shout out at, at Woo the Reds. Shout out to Woo. Yeah, so that's it. Doug, your final thoughts. Shout out Phil, because I'm going to bring up something that he wanted to talk about, but he couldn't come on to the, the podcast. Uh, I mean, I, nobody cares about my actual opinion on whether we should play baseball or not, but I'm still kind of thinking we shouldn't play baseball because... Uh, as we just talked about, it, it it's not exactly safe for everybody. Um, there are a lot of, I mean, even if we're going to ignore the fact that we don't know enough about this and the long-term effects on the young people who are asymptomatic, uh, there's a lot of, you know, coaches and managers that definitely fall into what everybody considers high risk for this. Um, it, I, I don't like it. Uh, I'm not. I, I definitely wouldn't be comfortable going out there and playing if I were. Uh, a player, uh, but unfortunately for me, I suck at baseball compared to these guys, so uh, I don't get to do that. Um, no, I understand but, completely. You know, if 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 they're going to play baseball, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I I love I love this game. I love this sport. I hate the business of it, but uh, if they're going to play, I'm going to watch. I hope for the best. I don't expect the best. I think that we've already seen kind of what happens when you get large groups of people together. Um. I I hope nothing bad happens, but I'm not exactly confident in it either. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm not confident that any real sports league can contain this virus at the moment. I mean, the NBA has, has done the plan of the bubble at Disney World in Florida, and Florida is spiking right now in COVID-19 cases. And I know there's people that say, oh, well, young athletes will be fine. Not all young people that get this disease are fine. There are young people dying from this. And even even if we're going to talk about just like premier athletes, I mean, there have been multiple Olympians who have gotten this. I mean, it's just taken life. I mean, it hasn't killed them, but I mean, it's taken them months to recover. right. Right. And. It's not just the person who's infected, it's who they could potentially infect. Correct. So, wear your mask. And this is, um, I don't know how masks became political, but... I do, but... You know. I mean, I, I know, but I don't want to go because, into it. Because America's stupid right now. Just wear the... Right, right now? <laughs> yeah, just right. wear the goddamn mask. It's just a fucking mask. Wear a mask. You if know, you're, the whole if, fucking... The whole Aubrey Huff thing with the mask, that, that just drove me nuts. How many times did Aubrey Huff ever go to the goddamn plate without a helmet on? He never did. No. He wore a helmet. You know why? Because it was personal protective equipment. Just think of it that way. Wear the fucking mask. Sorry. He no, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> wear the mask. 
wearing a ma- if everybody would wear a mask, this wouldn't be as big of a deal. But no, we've got you can't you know my my freedoms anyway. I'll go off on a tangent if I keep talking about that. So I'll give a shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, Cincy Sports Gallery. Go there, wear your mask if you go, but go there and uh, buy up a bunch of goodies. Reds, Bengals, UC, probably not Kentucky, apparently. But go there, get all your memorabilia needs. So for Doug Gray and Branch, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.